Hi, and welcome to The Final Wake Up. I'm your host, Madison Palika, holistic health coach, certified heart math mentor, published author of a number one Amazon new release, and creator of eBooks and courses that help you become the best you possible. I am passionate about bringing light to a world full of darkness and confusion. After becoming deathly ill, as well as severely anxious, and having doctors give me no solutions, I had to find my own way to health. I was mind blown by the things that I was finding. And I became obsessed with helping other people find health and happiness outside of the system too. I'm here to help you become happy and empowered so that you can also live a life full of meaning. You will love the final wake up if you're ready to dodge the traps that this world has set for you. If you want more, you can head to my Instagram page at madison.polika. Join my club at the link in my bio to be the first one to know about sales, products, launches, life updates, and to get early access and discounts. And now on to today's episode. Okay, hi guys. Welcome back to The Final Wake Up. This is Madison Pulika, your host here. This is also, if you can notice, the first time that I'm actually recording with a real microphone, if you can believe that. I made it 64 episodes in and never used a real microphone. So blessing that God has put this into my life. My boyfriend just had an extra random one. And it's also a blessing because it came through my friend Matthew, who we have on the episode today. He is very good at audio and engineering. So he kind of helped me set this whole thing up. He's helping me take strides. And I know Matthew because he has worked with me in my coaching program. So we've kind of just developed like a friendship and got to know each other better. But the reason that I have him on today is so exciting and it's so timely. He actually went to the Asbury Revival. And I have seen many differing opinions on social media about what's going on there. Some people saying that it's literally satanic, like, and and I want to just preface by saying that I am like almost three years into my faith. So I'm a fairly new believer and I don't totally understand exactly what revival is or like what's happened in the history of revivals. So I just want to welcome Matthew on today. He's going to be talking all about his experience and kind of give us the rundown about what Revival is. So welcome, Matthew. If you want to just do a little introduction, tell us a little bit about your testimony, and I'll let you take over. Cool. Well, hey, Maddie. It's uh, great to be here. I'm glad we finally got this figured out. Yeah, my name is Matthew. I've been a Christian most of my life. I'm 20 years old now. and, you know, it's more than just my parents' religion. Like, yeah, I grew up Christian. It was part of the household, right? But I found Jesus myself. Like, I have a personal relationship with him. And so it's always been a huge part of my life. Um, I have a kind of long testimony, so I won't go into the whole thing. But basically, like, I was born with a disability. So that's kind of, um, that's been a significant part of my faith. Just, like, learning to trust him in that and trust him to use my struggles to his glory and not be angry about that. Uh, and then also, like, I've moved all over the place. Like I was born in Idaho, then lived in the Caribbean, lived in New Jersey. Now I'm going to college in Nashville. Uh, And uh, while I was in the Caribbean, I had to go through some hurricanes, which also was a big like trusting God moment. Um, And uh, now I go to a Christian school and I help lead a uh, small church on campus and I lead a Bible study um, and take theology classes. I'm a communication major, so I take a lot of communication classes. And... uh, yeah, that's uh, the Sparknotes version of kind of my story. And 
Jesus is awesome and I try to live my life for him. So, yeah. Beautiful. And then how old are you? I'm 20. 20. Okay, cool. Okay, so yeah, with this whole revival thing, it basically blew up on social media one day. I'm seeing it everywhere now and I yeah, see a lot of differing opinions, but I don't know what to think about it because I have never seen a revival. I've never experienced it. So can you just explain a little bit about what revival even is and like what it means? Sure. So it's like, um, you know, the whole uh, we are we are dead and then Christ like Christ we, kills off our old selves, basically, and resurrects us into a new person. It's like, you know, being born again, that whole concept. It, it's it's basically it's related to that where it's a resurrection from sin, from old life, from like, you know, it, resurrecting into God, revival back into, um, you know, living with God. And typically it's on a mass scale. Um, and so, you know, this can, it, it's happened several times throughout history, uh, kind of most notably in American history. It's I think in like the 1700s with Jonathan Edwards, like the whole um, sinners in the hand of hands of an angry God. Now that sermon is kind of controversial today. Uh, and, but th there is some theological significance to it and it did spark a significant revival in, um, in the people of the U S at that, at the time where people were just turning to God, a bunch of people turning to God and not just like, you know, service level emotionalism, but actual legitimate, like turning around repentance, life change. There's, there's a call to repentance. There's a, um, you know, worshiping God, there's a hunger for God. And so, yeah, I definitely saw a good bit of that when I went to Asbury today, or not today, but when I went to Asbury last week. Okay. And so, yeah, like, obviously, I don't think I really put the two together, like revival, like to be revived, obviously. Um, so would you say it's more of something for believers who have kind of gone lukewarm or is it something where it's like people who have never known jesus are suddenly just like called to him and really like right there they repent and they praise like how does that work uh i mean honestly it's kind of both uh it's you know it, it can apply to both i don't see why not uh because you know when you're not a believer you're living in sin you're living in the flesh and you are uh, you know dead in you know in a sense and you're living in the, uh, on the on the path to death which is um an old testament theology um concept very very old concept you're living you're walking the path of death and jesus comes in and he resurrects you uh but then also when you're a christian you know you've been born again you go lukewarm you're still you're, you're kind of going back onto the path of death and so you do need a if you're lukewarm a revival will help you get back onto the path of life on back onto God's path. So it can, I mean, it really depends on like, I guess the, the people in the revival, like, you know, just, it depends on a lot of things, but I would say it totally applies to both. Cool. And yeah. then, sorry, I literally have so many questions in a revival. Is it usually like stuck at least like historically, is it usually in one location does it spread very far and like what's associated with it are there things going on like miracles and signs and wonders or is it more just like oh the spirit of god is very heavy and present here sure i mean again it it depends a lot like you know it's i'm not going to try to 
define specifically these are the strict criteria for a revival because that's like oh i'm gonna put god in a box and that's never a good idea so you know it's i mean yeah it, it can accompany all of that it's whatever god wants to use with it um it could be just a local thing if that local community really needs it or it could be a widespread thing you know like um especially if when it comes to you know like technology and stuff um you know with uh Jonathan Edwards and his revival, um, you know, it went, it was, I don't know exactly how far, but it went, it was pretty far within, you know, within the nation when, however big the, the U.S. was then, but, you know, it didn't exactly reach like global scale. But now with like Asbury, with modern day Asbury, which Asbury actually has a history of revivals, it's really cool. Yeah, there was, okay, I'll back up a little bit. There was like the Jesus Revolution in the 70s, that was a bit of a revival, and that was more widespread than um, Jonathan Edwards because he didn't have like TV and radio. And in the 70s, that's what they had. So they used, um, you know, they, it was a bit more widespread. And now we have social media and we have like, you know, uh, planes and cars and like everything. We can go pretty much anywhere. And so with Asbury, there were people flying in from all over the world and uh, coming in. And even if they didn't fly it from all over the world, they saw it on social media and were like, whoa, that's really cool. Let's, you know, how can God use me here? So yeah, it, it just depends on a lot of things and really what God wants to do with it. And you mentioned a revival in the 70s. I could be totally wrong, but I yeah, have been seeing this on social media. I see some people who are ecstatic about it. I see some people who are questioning it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you know anything about this, but apparently there is like a movie coming out soon about like I think it's called like Jesus Revolution Jesus or something Revolution. like yes. that. Uh -huh. And so some people are raising these questions of like, is this just like a publicity stunt before this movie comes out? Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I think it's cool to talk to you because there's some people who really have like these bad ideas about this revival that's happening, like thinking that it's uh -huh. just staged, thinking that it's satanic. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, uh, if it is staged, it's very, very impressively staged, but I really don't think it's staged. Um, as far as Jesus Revolution goes, the movie, I'm, I really want to see that movie. It looks really good because the guy whose life it's about, Greg Laurie, uh, I listened to his podcast. I've been following him for years. He is a very solid biblical teacher, very good theology, very good. He's basically, like his podcast is like he'll record his sermons and po post them. Like, and he is really really good um and his story is really cool and yeah i grew up in the 70s you know punk not punk like hippie uh into like all sorts of drug culture and some like you know new age stuff and then jesus took him and was like nope you're mine now and then started this whole like movement um in the 70s with him and he is also uh featured in the uh the jesus music documentary that came out like around a year ago um because he was also in the center of that and it's kind of the rise of like Christian contemporary music and how that started and how it went from like classic hymns into like, you know, what we see today. And so, yeah, I really don't think any of those two things are connected. Like I haven't heard uh, Greg, the, the pastor taught who is, you know, who Jesus Revolution is about. I haven't heard him talk about the revival at all. And that's not to say that he hasn't. He, maybe he has. I don't know. But like I haven't seen him do it. Um, and yeah, I really I doubt uh, there's any sort of connection and it's definitely not satanic. There was like, I was there, you know, so I went, um, last Saturday. No, last Saturday. Wait, wait. I... Before we get into your experience, I have one last question. Okay. Uh huh. 
So when you're talking about the Jesus revolution, and it's this guy yeah. who went from really hippie to Jesus saving him, obviously I relate because I was a hippie and I was in the new age culture. Mm-hmm. So from someone who has no like past background and like history, I don't really understand it. Would you say that what's happening today, like me and all this whole group of a lot of women, but just people in general that are coming out of the new age and the hippie practices and coming to Jesus, is it just a repeat of what's already happened in the history, like in the 70s, or is it different? It could be. I mean, I'm not one to say. I can't, you know, I don't know the future. Uh, but like, yeah, it, it certainly could be. And, um, you know, especially paired with what's happening in Asbury right now. And I know a lot of the criticism I've heard is like, oh, is this legitimate or is it just like, you know, emotionalism? And that's that's a fair critique. I think being like having a healthy sense of skepticism towards these kinds of things, you know, the tell, Bible tells us to test the spirits and like that totally fair. Um, as long as you're not being like, you know, cynical and not willing to see the good in it. Um, yeah, that's totally fair. And is there some emotionalism going on? Yeah, I'm sure there is, you know, everyone's different. I'm sure there's some people just going there for, you know, the emotional Jesus high and then they get back and, and they're back to normal. Um, you know, so it's hard to say right now because it's so early on, like, is this legitimately like revival or not? Because that it's a long-term change, right? It's them okay, God, I'm turning to you. I'm saying yes to you. And then God starts to work on you. And he doesn't like, he doesn't normally immediately sanctify you and like, okay, now I'm exactly every single thing that I was struggling with. I am perfect with now. Like, no, it's, it's a long process. And so, you know, we'll see over the coming years, if the, the people who are, who are seeming to turn to Jesus through this, uh, you know, through what you've seen with, with, a bunch of people that you know from the new age uh and what i've seen just in my in my generation is it emotionalism could be but there's definitely something deeper than that too okay cool yeah so yeah how and why did you end up going cool yeah so i heard about it, it like you just kind of suddenly i was like a few of my friends started talking about it and posting about it and i was like huh what, what what is this like it's a revival okay so like what exactly does it look like what is happening so i heard about it basically what happened for those who aren't familiar it was so it, it started it's this school in kentucky this college called asbury it's in this small town and it's a christian private university and they you know they had chapels they have chapel services my school does that too and the pastor finished preaching the message and then students just like normally you know chapel's done all right students leave they get their chapel credit and then they you know go to class and whatever but and most people did that but there were some that just stayed and just stayed and prayed and started worshiping and they just you know they they said they felt the holy spirit telling them you know to stay there was one person where they left the chapel building and then the holy spirit told them hey go back and you know go back in and and experience more of my presence and so they did and then it just kind of built from there and like the school started to notice and students started talking about it and then more and more students went in and then the professors were like huh something's happening people aren't going to classes and so then you know they started to to notice things and then uh the worship started to go on and then that's when the word got out for like you know the people outside of the school oh wow this this revival is happening and so it's a it's a chapel service that had every intention of ending that God was like, no, no, this is going to keep going. Not um, today. <laughs> yeah, and it went 
gone for like two weeks straight. It's insane. 24-7 nonstop. Uh, and so I had heard about that on social media through some of my friends. And I was like, whoa, that looks really cool. I really want to go. But like, I don't have a car. So I was like, oh, probably not going to be able to go. That sucks. But like, you know, I don't, I don't need to go there to experience God. You know, like he's equal for everyone. Um, but I would like to. That'd be really cool. And so, yeah, then on uh, last Friday, one of my friends just, we, we were eating lunch together. And he was like, hey, so. I'm thinking of going to Asbury over the weekend. You want to come? And I was like, um, yeah. <laughs> and so he was like, all right, cool. And then we got a couple other friends who went with us and we took the drive. It was like three hours. Um, and we got there and yeah, that, that's, that's how we got there and why, you know, I, I wanted to, it looked like fun. What were your expectations going into it? Uh, huh. I didn't have a ton of expectations because I didn't, I didn't know a ton about it. Um, I was expecting to encounter God. I was expecting to feel his presence and I was expecting to be changed. And I didn't, I intentionally didn't have a like specific expectation for how those things would go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you had these sort of expectations and then you actually arrived. Like, tell me how it unfolded, just like your whole experience. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, I want you to picture it's a small school, uh, you know, small campus. They have lately had, you know, thousands, tens of thousands of people coming. They're not designed for that. It's, again, small town, right? So it's this, you know, you're going, you're driving to the, um, to the school and there's like country roads, right? It's, um, you know, hills and farms and like, you know, house here and there. And you get on campus. And they don't have like a giant parking lot, but there's a bunch of cars. There's cars like parked on the side of the road. There's like a big clearing of grass that they've converted into a parking lot. And so we, you know, go all the way into the back because there's all the cars that are parked on the side of the road into the, the grass field. That's the parking lot. Um, and then we walk over into to the, you know, the, the courtyard where the chapel building is. And there's just like huge line of people all over the place there's people sitting in the lawn they have screens set up outside with speakers so that like people who can't get in because it's you know it's a small building right they you can't fit 20,000 people in that building uh so you know they have screens outside for people who are waiting or people who don't want to wait uh in the line uh, to see what's still going on there's people outside singing um and they have this long line of people Luckily, we were able to get in really quickly because they had, they want to, since this is, it seems like God with this is using the, uh, you know, using Gen Z, using my generation for this and is trying to reach us and is, you know, started by college students. They want this to be like a focus on college students. And so they let priority in for people under 25. Um, and that was a much, much smaller line. So my friends got in, my friends and I got in probably within like 10 minutes. And I can send you some like pictures and videos later that I took you that that I took you that I took and you can you can show people here. But yeah, it was incredible. They were like, hey, we got people, you know, we need some people in the choir loft. You guys want to go in? And we we're like, yeah. So we like got up on stage, um, you know, so there's like the main stage. Then there's like behind it, there's the choir loft. And so we got in the choir loft and it was it was incredible just seeing like it was packed. There were so many people. and everyone was just praising Jesus, pouring their hearts out to Jesus. And uh, 
you know, it was people of all ages from all over the world, tons of diversity. It was mostly people around my age because that's, you know, that's, that's who they were focusing on. But it was, you know, there, I saw multi-generational all over the place, young and old. Um, you know, it was, it was very cool. People from different countries, different, um, just different regions. And yeah, I just, like I entered that building and they were singing and I was, I just felt God's presence like heavier than I felt in a long time. And the cool thing about it was, you know, there's, I don't know how much you've heard of like modern day church with like the seeker sensitive model and, you know, mega churches and like trying to appeal, like water down stuff and appeal to everyone and like high production value and all that stuff. Right. There really wasn't high production value, which is something I really valued. They had, so, you know, when I was up there, when it was worship, there was a person singing, there was an acoustic guitar, and there was like a hone that you could barely hear. And like, there was a few microphones and that's it. There wasn't any fancy lights, no like fog machines, none of the like, you know, the high production value, like rock concert that you get in a lot of churches (laughs) nowadays. It it wasn't that. Yeah. Um, One of the guys I listen to, he calls it um, the smoke machines and skinny jeans. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, none of that. And it was like, there was a drum kit on stage that was never touched. It was just those three simple instruments up there. And uh, yeah, it was super cool. And then, so it would switch between, there were cycles of like worship and someone would speak and worship. And it was like 40 minutes of worship, 20-ish minutes of, of someone speaking. Um, and, you know, the pastor would come up or like a professor would come up. At one point, this was really cool. They had someone came up and said, Hey, you know, if you're around college age and you have a verse that is just on your heart that you want to share, feel free to come up here and like share what you want to say. And so I had something that I wanted to say, uh, but I, it was just too, um, there were too many people. So like, I just, I just couldn't, Well, um, now's your chance. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. there there's more. <laughs> um, and it very much relates to my testimony. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I want to get it like tattooed on my body, which I know can be kind of controversial, but like, you know, well, that's a topic for another day. Um, so anyway, I am um, up there and just, okay, this is really cool. A um, bunch of people come up my age and start like reading Bible verses. Uh, and then a bit later, someone else comes to speak. And the verse that I wanted to uh, say was Second Corinthians twelve nine, which is uh, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. And that's been really impactful for my life. Just like you know, having a disability, it's you know I I have weakness, and so letting God use that weakness and letting His power like be expressed through me, um, I find a lot of comfort in that verse. And so. That's the verse I wanted to share because I feel like a lot of people can also like relate to that. You know, you don't have to be disabled. Everyone has some sort of weakness that they're working with. Um, and you know, like Paul, he had the thorn. And so I wanted to speak about that, but I didn't. But someone else came up and spoke about that exact verse. And uh, like, not, not, not a student, like, a, you know, an hour later, one of the professors came up and was like, all right, I'm going to preach a mini sermon on this verse. And I was like, whoa. That's the exact verse that I wanted to talk about. That's really cool. And there were also, you know, there, there was, so I'm an introvert. Um, I, I love people, but I also need my alone time. 
uh, I definitely like need a balance, right? I'm, I'm ambiverted, but I'm more introverted than I am extroverted. And so this kind of, I'm going to back up a little bit. So there was that Friday, uh, the church that I helped lead, we met for, uh, for a service and I was preaching that day. And then what we do is after the preaching is done, we have like, we have prayer time and we have fellowship time. And basically we say, okay, everyone who needs prayer, stay here. Everyone who wants to like fellowship and talk and hang out, go over there so that like the prayer people can, can focus. And normally most people go in fellowship and there's only like two or three people that, that pray. Everyone stayed to pray and everyone stayed for like a long time. And I usually, I, I don't feel led much to pray for other people um, or hadn't in the past. And then like the spirit was really heavy that night. And then he was like, he told me, hey, go pray for that person. And I was thinking in my head like, okay, is this God or is this just like my thoughts? You know, like wh what if whatever. And then I start, I'm, as I'm thinking that, I'm like, wait a minute, it, it doesn't matter. It's prayer. Like it's, it's a good thing. They're not going to say no. They're not going to be offended. Uh, if, it, if it is God, awesome. If it's not God, like we're still, still commanded awesome. to pray for each other anyway. So like, what, why am I worried? So then I'm like, all right, cool. So I go up and I, I pray for that person. And then she, uh, after a little while, got up and laughed. And he was like, okay, now pray for that person over there. And so same thing. And, you know, it was just a really cool time. And so that kind of started the momentum. And then, so when I got there, um, you know, I so was standing, that, I was worshiping. That, the prayer experience, that happened the same day that you went to Asbury or that was like a week before? That was like two days before. Two days before, okay. Yeah. So then um, I went to Asbury and yeah, I was standing up there worshiping and there's this girl next to me and she's like, she's sitting down and I can't tell if she's like praying or just like, you know, singing or whatever. And I, again, feel the prompting of go pray for her. And I'm like, God, I don't even know her. And he's like, okay, well, I don't <laughs> care, go pray for her. Yeah. And I'm like, all right. So yeah, I, um, you know, I, I got next to her and I asked if there was anything she needed prayer for. And we ended up just kind of talking back and forth for, for the whole time that I was there. Like, you know, I prayed for her, but then we kept like, the conversation kind of kept going and ended up getting her contact info. She's super cool. We're, we're like connected. We're friends now. Um, and yeah, that was really cool that God, God used that. And then this was also totally God. So towards the end, we were there for probably like five, six hours. Like it was, oh, wow. it was crazy. Yeah, it was. And I didn't want to leave. It was so cool. I only left because I had to. And, you know, I, I know a lot of Christians, they hear like, oh, the Bible talks about we're going to be worshiping God in heaven. And like, okay, that's kind of cool. But like, wouldn't that get like kind of boring after a while? And I kind of thought that too. And then experiencing just the, the pure worship that was there of just everybody together. I, I'm like, no, this is, this is cool. I can't, th this doesn't get old. This is like, I, I still want to go back. And I didn't want to leave, but like I had to. And so it was kind of cold. So my friends and I, we brought our jackets, but it's, it's hot in the building because there's a ton of people. We're all moving and singing. And so we put our jackets off to the side of the stage. And so my friend and I were like, all right, you know, let's leave. And my friend, like 30 seconds before that was thinking, oh, I better not forget my jacket up here. I didn't forget my jacket. I got it. And we both, we both like go, we get off the stage, we go towards the exit and like, I'm walking towards the exit and I look around and I find, I'm like, oh, my friend's not with me. What the heck? And I turn around and he's like a little bit behind me talking to this girl and he sees me and he motions for me to come over. I'm like, okay. 
So I go over and yeah, this girl, she, she's like, Hey, yeah, I don't know you guys, but you guys were passing me and I just felt God telling me to pray for you guys. So like, what is it that, you know, what is it that I can pray for you about? And so, yeah, we told her and she prayed over us. It was a really good prayer. Julia, if you're listening to this, you're awesome. And, uh, and then she left. And then the only reason that that happened is because my friend who 30 seconds before said, I'm not going to forget my jacket, realized he forgot his jacket and turned around and went back towards the stage. If we had remembered our jackets, we would have kept going. We'd, we would have never encountered her. But he forgot his jacket and then was reminded right at the moment that she was coming up to us. And then, so that that's the only reason that that happens. That, that was 100% God. That was really cool. And yeah, it just really, some of the things I really felt God talking about was, you know, for a long time, I've kind of felt pessimistic about Gen Z overall. Like, yeah, there's those of us who are into Jesus, who are Christians, but like, you know, realistically, there's a lot of us who aren't, you know, we're probably one of the most far away from God generations, hmm. like ever, really. Yeah, it's uh, a there's... sad generation and like not any of your fault. It's like you have just landed in this horrible spot. Yeah. And so that's been like discouraging. And I've been a bit pessimistic about pe pessimistic about that. And, you know, like, God, I, I know that you can do anything. You can work miracles. You can turn all of us around. But, like, just the way things are going, I don't really see that happening. Um, but I don't really think that anymore. Because, like I said, most of it was, was us, was, was Gen Z. And it was just, it was so genuine. Just people pouring their hearts out to God. Uh, people repenting. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been hearing some stuff online where there wasn't any, like, calls to repentance. But... I mean, I can't speak for the entire two weeks, but for the night I was there, yeah, there was, there was a call to repentance and people responded. Um, and how much of that was genuine, how much of that was emotionalism? Again, I don't know. I don't know their hearts, but it was still there and God can use it. Through this, God really showed me like, no, he is, he is moving. He is taking back our generation. He is, you know, uh, we are very, we, we can be separated from God. Yes, but like through this, he's moving. And there's an increased hunger for him and not just for like for church or like, you know, what I like to call churchianity where you just go to church on Sunday and check the box, but like actually genuinely experiencing him. There's a hunger and it's increasing and he is moving to meet that. And he is, he's going to snatch us up from the enemy. And we are, I mean, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do something amazing with us. And so I have a lot more hope for our generation now. And like, I've felt like also, for a lot of my life, it's been, you know, wait on God's timing, wait on God's timing. Um, you know, I know you want this, but like, you know, just wait, just wait, just wait. And it's like, okay, like God has, God knows better than me. I'm going to trust that. But it's also kind of frustrating. It's like, well, God, like, let, you know, let, let's, let's, let's get something happening, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I really feel like the, the time of, and, and this could be wrong. I'm not going to claim to speak for God. But after this, it really feels like, the time of waiting is coming to an end. Like things are starting to change. Things are really moving and changing for the better. Things are brighter. I, I have a lot more hope than I used to. And I wasn't a like a negative person before. I just, yeah, I'm just more hopeful about things. And God is moving. The time of waiting is, is nearing its end. Things are going to happen. Big things. And I'm really excited to see where God takes us and what God does, does with this. Because like 
it's not just in Asbury anymore. Like it, Asbury is where it started, but uh, people are coming there and then bringing that back. You know, my school, we had our Monday night chapel and normally that just like, normally it's, you know, from six to seven and then that that's it. Right. But chapel ended and then people just kept worshiping and we worshiped. We would have worshiped the whole night. Like I, I, we probably would have spent like the entire night there. Like I was preparing to mentally to like pull an all nighter. And I know I'm not the only one there. And uh, there were, the only reason we didn't is because they closed the building. They kicked us out. Uh, but. Well, and I saw was... on social media too, that like, I don't know how long this lasted or if it was just the first night when it actually broke out, but like people were reporting like, okay, they're bringing in food. Oh my gosh. They're rolling out mattresses. Like people are sleeping in the building and like yeah. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. We totally would have done that if uh if they didn't kick us out um and then like we met the next morning like they were like all right well it opens back up at 8 a.m so let's all meet here and pray and and we did that and like again i there was even more of god telling me okay go pray for that person okay go pray for that person go pray for that person it's like you know and a few of them were my friends and a few of them were like like god i don't know her name i've just seen her around and he's like okay we'll go pray for her anyway and there were a few people where like god told me to pray for them and turns out we're all struggling with a lot of the, the same like we have a lot of the same things that we want to be prayed over so that was really interesting um is really anything cool like that anything that you would be open to sharing or is it more like personal things that it's so yeah i won't go super in detail but basically we all have we all have close family members who have fallen away yeah you know we hurts all of us to to see that and we want um we want God to move in that. And so it was interesting to see a number of the people that God told me to pray for were people who were struggling with the same thing. Yeah. And again, I don't know if I'm becoming more, I don't know if God is talking to me more or if I'm just becoming more sensitive to his instructions uh, or to his voice. But yeah, I've definitely felt more promptings from him lately and more uh, like go pray for that person than I have than I do normally. It's really cool. Interesting. Well, yeah. even today, so for everyone listening, me and Matthew had a meeting right before this. We're doing our coaching program together. And part of it is doing these breathing techniques that kind of calm down your nervous system so that you can get that feeling of like stress or just all those rambunctious thoughts out of your head and really just like center down, ground down, open yourself back up to hearing the spirit. And so we do these techniques at the very beginning of the calls every time just to like, I don't know, get grounded and just get ready for the call, make it the most effective we can. And part of it is like trying to purposely feel positive emotions. So it's like, okay, if I'm going to do a call, maybe I want to feel just like clarity or whatever. So like I'll focus on that and like I'll do my coaching on the call and it's whatever. But this time, and I was telling Matthew this on the call, was that we did this and I had this feeling or like prompting that instead of focusing on feelings like being calm or like excitement or kind of these generic things, I really had this hit in my spirit of like, you need to focus on being receptive. And that was so interesting to me because I've never felt that way before. That's not something that I'm consciously like, oh yeah, I want to do this today. But it was almost like the spirit was notifying me, like preparing me for this podcast that like, 
this is something I don't know about, something that I've never experienced. And like God is trying to communicate something with everybody clearly. And like I personally, but also I think people just in general need to be more receptive. And it sounds like since you've been to this, maybe that's kind of what's happening to you too. Yeah, yeah, I definitely um, more receptive to like hearing, not only hearing God in the moment, but also like opening my eyes more to his, to just to, to his power and to what he can do. Because it's like, you know, you're told, oh, he's all powerful. He can do everything. And it's like, yeah, you believe that. But then what, what are the actual like nitty gritty implications of that? You know, like th those are two very different things. And he's been showing me more of that lately. And like another thing, that I've noticed has changed in me since, since going is he's really been emphasizing and reinforcing like my identity in him. Like, you know, you are, you are a child, you are my child, you are my friend, you are, you know, my family, you are a prince, you are royalty, you are, uh, you know, you are part of this kingdom, you are part of this family. And af it pretty much immediately after affirming all those things in me and making sure that like, I understand those things, then he would turn around and say, and everyone else is like that too. All of these other people, even the people that annoy you, even the people that you don't know very well is the exact same way. I love them just as much and they are just as much mine as, as, as you are. And it's so interesting thinking about that, like how big identity is in all of this and hearing you say like it was geared toward Gen Z. Gen Z was the people being let into the building. Like it is this huge thing happening with the younger generation where I think gen z more than anyone their whole life is centered around their identity and there's so many people being convinced from tv shows and music and media that your identity is everything and it's like turning into these identity politics where like you identifying as a certain gender is everything you identifying as a certain sexuality is everything and people start to base their whole lives around this and then for god to be grabbing people up and be like no that's not your identity whatsoever. Yeah. You can't find yourself in those things. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. And another thing I forgot to talk about that really like elevated my respect and my like con convinced me of its uh, authenticity of the of the revival was the fact that they turned down a lot of people. Like there were celebrity pastors that were like, "Hey, this is really cool. Like we will we'll totally speak here or like Hillsong offered to, hey, we can lead worship. And uh -oh. they were like, no, like, you know, that <laughs> this is cool uh, and we appreciate it. But like, this is a student led thing. We want this to be a local thing. God is working through the students and we want to continue that. And on top of that, like they could have very, very easily commercialized it. Like, oh, Asbury, the place where the revival happened, like get this T-shirt, like, oh, look, at, look at us. We're so cool. Let's, you know, they didn't do any of that. They just sat back. And like let the spirit lead and let the spirit lead through the students and that was it there wasn't commercialization happening there wasn't oh featuring this celebrity pastor it was just it was just letting the spirit move and let, letting him do what he wanted to do with it and that really like that was really refreshing so what what would you say was like the most impactful part of it for you uh probably just seeing him so present in my generation the the people that i've been like the most skeptical towards are now some of the people who i've seen god in the most 
and you know there's always been like i have friends my age who are you know definitely spirit led but it's like okay well those are my friends you know that's like five of us and there's you know millions of gen z people so like you know where that that's not exactly an accurate sample size uh but this was you know a few thousand people all doing the same thing and it's like okay all right there's something here there's some significance to that yeah and i yeah it's really powerful too because yeah when people think about gen z it's like we have given them like all the generations preceding them have given them the worst lot possible and then we look at gen z struggling with what we've given them and then we just like crap on them because of it like blaming them for their circumstances that we've created and so yeah it is like a revival <laughs> they're being revived yeah it's like a redemption yeah oh. god's gonna use us and i'm really excited to see what he does right and how do you feel like your life has been changed or is changing since you've been able to experience this yeah so uh i feel you know like i've said more in tune with the spirit more sensitive to his commands and more hopeful, more open to uh, a brighter future. And I think all of those attitude shifts are going to make me more receptive to like, to what God wants to do with me in the future. And, you know, especially there that like, you know, there's always some sort of fire burning in me for God, but like it's since then it's been burning brighter than ever before. And it's just continuing that. And, um, stewarding that flame is has become like a big priority for me and i for a long time i felt god calling me into a position of leadership and now i feel even more determined to like to lead effectively and to do what needs to be done not necessarily to replicate asbury everywhere but to steward this revival that's happening and to best get more people crazy for jesus right and speaking of just the crazy timing of everything, so for my audience, yeah, I've already mentioned we're working together through this program that I have. We, I think the last time we met was like probably like mid-2022. Like Something we, like that, yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. It's yeah. been a freaking while. And we just met again today for the first time in months. And the crazy thing is, is that like from this part going forward in the program, it's basically all about stewarding your thing like you're mentioning like you have this fire now you are excited to bring it forward you're being called to leadership and it just so happens that right now in the program is when you're having to look at those things and take those things apart or like put your different gifts callings passions together and start actually creating an action plan going forward and like just hearing this whole thing, I'm like, there's absolutely no coincidence that we just happened to do this meeting today on the day we're recording this podcast. And like, that's exactly what it's leading into of like, how are you going to go forward from here? Oh, yeah, that's so cool. So like, yeah, on that, where do you think this might take you? Like, do you have ideas? Where do you feel like God is leading you? Yeah, so this is I felt this for a while. And I don't know exactly how the change from Asbury is going to impact this, although I'm sure it will. There's probably some sort of subtle butterfly effect that God is doing that I have, am completely oblivious to. Uh, mm -hmm. But so I've always 
kind of felt like a bit of an outcast. And I'm very okay with that. You know, I've born with a disability. I've also, my interests have been kind of, you know, not like most mainstream stuff, like a lot of mainstream stuff. I'm like, I even like, oh, that's popular. I don't like it because that's popular, which is kind of stupid, but like I do kind of lean that way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then, you know, like my, my music taste, like I'm super into, into metal music, which a lot of most people don't like, like, you know, my band shirt, Impending Doom, <laughs> which to someone who's not familiar with, with metal, yeah, I could tell if someone like, oh, that's satanic. Why are you wearing that? This is, this is a Christian metal band. They're really cool. Look them up. Um, but yeah, just my music taste, very opposite to like most people. And just, I'm not a normal person and I'm okay with that. And, you know, God calls us to be in the world, not of the world. And mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm okay with being different. But I know a lot of other people who don't feel that way and a lot of other people who are outcasts and they feel alone and they feel like they have no one and they feel rejected by the church because, oh, why are you wearing that shirt to church? What do you like? Why do you listen to that screaming music or why are you why do you like this stuff? Like that's not, you know, and, and just making these terrible judgments about their character because they don't they're not into whatever the, the culture is into. And right. so they hate the church. They hate everyone. They hate society and they're just living in the state of isolation and um i i really have a heart for those people and i i don't know exactly what this is going to look like but i really feel god calling me to build some sort of community under jesus for people who feel like outcasts like hey i get it i'm one of you this is real like like, like come here there's there's community here there's family here like you can you can find connection here he jesus came for the outcasts he's not just for the you know the white robe preacher that's like you know in the fancy church building like no this is this is for us too mm. and let, let's let's build a family here let's build a community and mm. how that'll happen what that'll look like i have no idea god hasn't shown me yet but i know he's going to use my voice my people skills my just desire to connect with people hear people um public speaking preaching things like that he'll use those skills in some way. How exactly? I don't know yet. Uh, we haven't got there yet, but um, I'm excited to see what happens. What you're saying about the churchianity, even me, like, I don't know what it is, but like you always hear and you know the stereotypes about Christians and like they're so condescending and judgmental. And it's just like so weird because obviously the gospel is like we are sinners we are imperfect like we are made perfect through christ and like that's the only way and like besides that we're sinners and like that's just the way it's gonna be but there are these people in the church and the people who were criticizing the revival happening of like there were gay people there so it's not a real revival or like just things like that and it's like there are people who are different like they're there's so many things that can make you different and make you feel alone and make you feel isolated. And for Christians, like, I hope people listening to this can really take this to heart of, like, your job is not to be judging other people and, like, telling other people, especially baby Christians, like, people who are just dipping their toes into the faith and, like, starting to get used to it, starting to understand who Jesus is and, like, getting rid of all this religious programming the last thing they need is for people who are proclaiming themselves to be Christian to be like, you can't wear that shirt. That's a metal band, you know? 
So I think that there is a really big place for what you want to do in the current modern church because yeah like just even the social media around the asbury revival there are people who are so judgmental and condescending and critical and just negative and i think that they're sowing a lot of confusion in people who are already christian and people who are just barely being born again people who are like three years in like me where it's like you start to discount some of these things that god is doing and it's his own people that are making it that way yeah and i want to i want to talk about just how that happens is you know a lot of people they take something from the bible and they'll take it out of context and they take it to mean something way more than what the original meaning was and so you know there are there's the spirit of the law there's a the spirit of what's being said and then there's you can take the words and then just ramp it up to the extreme and so there is there is biblical precedent for that. There is biblical precedent for testing the spirits, seeing if something is actually from God or if it's not. And those are real good things. But when all that you do is say, oh, this, 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 I'm going to point out all of the flaws and everything that's wrong with it. And because there's just this little tiny thing I don't like, well, then it's not from God. And I'm going to yeah. be super harsh and critical about it and not loving at all. You're, you're twisting it. You're, you're taking the good thing and you're ramping it up to, into something you're doing what what the Pharisees and the Sadducees did to Jesus. They they took the law, they took the good thing, and they they just built up their own traditions on it, and they twisted it into something that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I've been watching Queer Eye. Have you ever watched that? Okay, it's this show, it's these five gay guys that basically go into people's lives that, like, really need help, and they, like, transform their style and, like, their house and, like, just help them kind of get their lives together. But one of them was, they went to this Christian woman, and this Christian woman has a gay son. And it was so interesting to see in this episode, like, the way that this little town they had to go to was very, it, like, it's a Christian tiny town. I think there's, like, 80 people in there or something. <laughs> yeah, very tiny, very, very, like, Christian. And they, like, these gay guys, you know, came in that it's, like, these older generation that live in the town and they're, like, not accepting of these guys where these guys come in and they built, like, a new community center for the church in the town. And it was so funny watching it, like, how ironic it is that, like, these people have been praying for a community center for so long. And what do you know? It's five gay guys that come in and build it for you. <laughs> and so the woman is in church, like preaching saying, like there's there's people here who say that you can't love gay people or like you're wrong for being gay, but like, how can I say I love God and then not love these people? Yeah. And that's a lot of what I see of like, you're a sinner, I can't love you. And it's like, no, 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 no. Hate the sin, love the sinner. Like you're getting it backwards and you're giving Christianity a bad rap. Like that's why people don't like Christians and Christianity. Like you're turning yeah. people away from God by acting that way. Exactly. Yeah, we're all sinners. We all sin. So who are we to judge someone for sinning in a different way than we do? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's stupid. <laughs> totally. Yeah, so going from the revival to now being back home and just like projecting these hopes into the future, what is your hope for, you know, Asbury? What's your hope for America or what's your hope for the even the world at large going forward from here? I mean, 
I'm trying to think of specifics. The only thing I can really think of is that God's will be done because mm. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how much of this was, uh, how, how many of the people that came was legitimate repentance and how much of it was emotionalism. Uh, mm -hmm. But we also serve a God who can do literally anything. And so, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do some great stuff through this. And we are going to see the fruits of this in the years to come, for sure. Mm -hmm. And Gen Z is going to be used in amazing ways. You know, there's this one movement. There's this page I follow called Gen Z for, for Jesus. And they're really cool. Um, and one of their things is like one of their, I guess, mission statements or movements or whatever you want to call it is Gen Z will be suicide free. And wow. I think that's really cool, really powerful. And for a long time I was like, that is awesome. I love that. I'm all for that. But like, I am, I don't think that's actually going to happen. But again, after this, I don't know, man, I, 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 I think there's definitely some real potential for that. And so God is going to use us in some way to change America, to change the world, I think, especially with a lot of the things that is wrong with the modern church today. You know, I don't mean the genuine Christ-following church. I do not mean, you know, the actual body of Christ. I mean the, the church that we see in the mainstream that, you know, gives Christianity the bad rep, that does all of the stuff that, you know, twists Christianity too far one way or the other. But we're going to see... I think just more people genuinely experiencing who Jesus actually is, not who people like to characterize him as. And I want to like put a call out for people who are listening to this because my audience is usually like 20 up to like 35, maybe 40. But I think most of us are millennials. And so I just want to put this call out to millennials that this is something that Gen Z is actually going through. And like, I think that we can hold judgment for the younger generations and I just want people to release that and start to find opportunities to act as mentors for them. Like give Gen Z a hand to hold, like kneel so they can step up. If that makes sense, like they've already got so much working against them. The last thing they need is to be like ignored by older believers if that makes sense. So yeah, just as a millennial, like don't be so self-centered, give love to Gen Z. Don't just hate on them because they think differently. Like they have to go through issues that even millennials haven't had to go through. And it's just, it's different and it's hard. And like you said, the suicide thing, I think that a lot of Gen Z is going through so many just issues and like the world events, all the chaos, they are traumatized as a generation so just yeah keep your hearts open and hold love for them and yeah i think that's pretty much the most that we can do like really give them the opportunity to stand up and shine the way that god is intending them to and we also we need mentors we need people to stand up and and, and say which act what's actually true in a loving way not in a judgmental way and yeah you know a lot of us are lost a lot of us don't know the truth and, you know, there are those of us who will close up our hearts and not listen to the truth. The Bible talks about that. But there are some of us who are willing, who just haven't heard. And so also I would encourage everyone to just be bold and 
let God speak through you and don't let mm -hmm. fear hold you back. Don't let fear of cancellation or judgment or rejection or whatever hold you back because you're following God. He's got all that planned out. You know, he's not going to let anything happen that isn't supposed to happen. And so don't be afraid of like what you see as a negative outcome because God had you do that thing for a reason. And it may be not at all the, the reaction that you were thinking, right? Like when Joseph was getting the dreams of, oh, I'm going to be ruling over my brothers. I doubt he had in his mind, oh, I'm going to be falsely accused of rape and thrown in prison for eight years <laughs> to be part of that, you know? So God uses interesting circumstances to to get us where he wants us. And so don't be afraid to step out and do what you feel like he's telling you to do. So cool. Well, yeah, thanks so much for coming on and telling your experience. Do you have any last words, I guess, last words of wisdom for the podcast? Yeah. Um, well, thank you for having me. This has been such a pleasure. I'm really glad we got to do this. Um, I would say just keep keep going keep uh keep seeking god you know if you're a gen z watching this like me see what's happening at the different revivals that have that have been just going around and don't ask yourself how can i replicate this here but ask yourself how do i steward the spirit that's happening mm -hmm. how do i use what god is using where i am you know how can god use me he can use you in amazing ways and so yeah, just come to him and be be open to anything because God has some God's ha bleh, God has some ideas that you would never even think of. Totally. And yeah, while we're talking about it, I have wanted a mentor my entire life and it's never been something that I've gotten. And so pretty much this whole business, the podcast, the coaching, the courses, everything that I do is my attempt to help mentor people who need a mentor, like basically being the person for other people that I always wished that I had. So if you are looking for a mentorship, like I do feel like that is a large part of my calling and my purpose here is I want to help guide other people so that you don't have to go through all the struggle and confusion that I did. Like I want to help fast forward you through a lot of that pain and grief and confusion so that you can do what you feel like you're called to do so that you can live a life that's fulfilling and has a deeper purpose because yeah we're not meant to be in this world well in this world but not of this world so yeah it's taken me a long time to figure that out and to get there and to kind of plant my way forward so i am here my dms are open if you need to talk if you have questions anything. So don't be afraid to reach out to me. Don't be afraid to reach out to Matthew. Obviously, he's got a leadership call on his heart too. So yeah, if you feel called, don't discount it. Don't deny it. Don't ignore it. Just act on it because you never know what'll happen. Yeah, totally. And like she said, yeah, I'm also DMs are open. Instagram is at the reaper.vi. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of battle stuff, a lot of music stuff, but there's there's some Jesus stuff too. And <laughs> I'm open to talking. I want to hear your stories. I want to hear what you're going through and I want to help. So same here. Cool. And I will link your Instagram in like the podcast or YouTube show notes also. Cool. So yeah, for anyone who wants to find his podcast, you can find it in the description. Um, and yeah, is there anything else? No, that's it. That's all I can think of. Cool. Okay. Well, this was awesome. Thanks so much for kind of educating us on 
revivals and the history of you know what's happened what they mean it's really enlightening to hear your experience because again from what i'm seeing on social media some people say it's awesome and some people have been saying like this is a satanic deception to sell the jesus revolution movie so don't listen to anything coming out of asbury so yeah it's been nice to kind of get that clarification from someone who was actually there and actually experienced it and yeah i'm just grateful to have you on here and i hope that again this does reach a lot of people yeah me too thank you okay well cool thanks for listening guys i will see you on the next episode and until then our dms are open god be with you bye guys Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Final Wake Up. I hope this episode sparked a flame in you to march forward in your journey for truth, health, happiness, and meaning. If you want to dive even deeper down the rabbit hole, go to my Instagram at madison.palika. There, I have so many highlights dedicated to spreading even more information and value. You can also join the club with my email list, linked in my bio, to stay up to date on all the latest news, sales, and new offerings. Or if you want to talk to me personally, please send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. If you love this episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave an amazing review. Bonus points if you share this to your story and write what you learned. Tag me in it so that I can connect and see how this has actually helped you. If you know somebody who would really appreciate this or somebody who desperately needs to hear what I talked about in this episode, please send this to them. Together, we can bring light to this world full of confusion and help people thrive. Thank you and see you next time.